0: Welcome to episode 212 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is eagerly awaiting our live episode, John Scott Sloat. What's going on, Doc? Well, it's been a hot minute since we've been in the studio together.
1: Yeah, we pre-recorded. Uh, yeah. And now we're here. Yeah, uh, that's how it works, yeah. Week and a half later, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And this,
0: this inevitably happens, especially with the world of sports. We missed a lot. A ton of stuff. A ton of stuff in the world of football. So, But before we get into that, uh, our next episode is going to be our now annual – Third, third annual? Yeah. This is the third time we've done yeah. this? Our our live episode in chapel here
1: at Grace College. Nice. Should be yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take audience questions. We will. I, we will. Grace College student audience questions. Right. Um, yeah. We'll be on stage. We'll talk through a topic, I'm sure, and we'll, uh, we'll yeah. roll with there. That's uh, Thursday the 25th, right? Is that the twenty fifth? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So we'll re- that episode is recorded on the twenty fifth. It won't release
1: until the thirtieth. I think that's right. But if you're in the Warsaw and Lake area and like to come to Grace College's chapel to hear us, yeah. I, think, I think you just walk in. Anybody can walk in. So yeah, come on down. 10 Love to 30, see you.
0: Ten thirty a.m. on Thursday, September twenty fifth.
1: Eastern Standard Time. Yes, on the. Beautiful campus of Grace College and
0: Theological Seminary in the Manahan Orthopedic Capital Center. The MOCC?
1: The big basketball arena,
0: basically. hmm Yeah.
1: Yep. And then we'll probably go to Alpha afterward if anybody wants to join us. Yeah. The, we did that last year. It's an after right? party. Yeah. 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 It'll have to be relatively brief, though, because I do have class at one that day. Unfortunately- Do you? I have class 8 to 1020, 1 to 345. Maybe we'll make- rent take us to lunch instead since we need something quick. Uh, We can figure it out. Maybe we'll do that later. Maybe we'll make them take us to lunch later. There you go.
0: There you go. If you would like to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube, and we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating and some comments along the way, as well, would be nice,
1: yep, you can say whatever you want, but we need those five stars. That's right, that's right,
0: all right, John. Let's talk some sports. uh a lot happened in the window when we were um, otherwise employed yeah <laughs> uh it'll come as a shock to most of our listeners. That this is not our full time job. The podcast is not our full time job, Do you yeah. Th- I mean, I think most listeners
1: probably conclude that- Yeah. We that, talk about our jobs. Yeah. We talk about things we do, yeah. happenings. Yeah. Yeah. So you were out of town last week. Where were you again? So I Monday, I flew into Baltimore uh, when the snowstorm hit the East Coast. Nice. And then I was in Baltimore, Virginia, most of that time, and then flew back on Friday in that second snowstorm <laughs> that hit Baltimore. Um so yeah, that okay. that's where I was. Yeah. And uh the good people at Southwest were behind, mm. but got me off the ground. I'm not sure I've ever been on a plane that had to be de-iced before. Oh, really? I don't think so. That's but it was it was a fa- like way to get in line oh, yeah. in our plane. You can go through this basically place where they spray you down with yep. antifreeze basically and get all the ice off the plane and and then you've only got a window where that Stays
0: in effect. Depending probably on how cold it is, I imagine. Right. Yeah. Because I've been on a plane before where they de the plane and then the queue is so long to get off the ground mm. that we've gotten
1: in line and they're like, sorry, folks. We've got to go back in and get de-iced again because it's worn off. Why can't a plane fly with ice on it? Any idea? Does I it just change the aerodynamics of it? I have no idea. Okay. it's It's got to be a real problem if they – Well, sure. Yeah. If they do this all the time.
0: Yeah. Did you see? You saw the story, I assume. By the way, of that Alaskan Air flight that uh, the door just flew off of in mid-flight. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> As a
1: Boeing investor, I saw that. Yes, <laughs> yes, I see. I bet it wasn't a good day for Boeing. Stock. It was. It was not a good day for Boeing stock. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was. It was. Now, one thing that happened on that flight that, like, I don't know if you saw. Do you see video from it on Twitter? Yeah where people are just like sitting with those little masks on, right. you know, like they're supposed to. Everybody looks super calm. Yeah. But the the door is just open. Anytime I see a door come off in the movies of a plane, everything just gets sucked out that right. door. Yeah. That didn't happen.
0: Well, could it have happened earlier so that everything that was loose already got sucked out and everything that was just, was just solid? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But uh anyway, so I was in Grand Rapids for a chunk of the week, and that's why I was not able to uh, to film. I'll talk a little bit more about that.
1: You mean record. What's that? Did I say film? You
0: said film. Okay. Sure. Record. Sorry. Did... <laughs> Verbs matter. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a strong distinction between film and, and record. Depends on
1: context. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, there was a film crew— you there. were being filmed yes. in Grand Rapids, but we're not filming here. Correct.
0: Okay, you're
1: going to be that guy. Go sorry, on. sorry. Let's let's just <laughs> uh, sports. Right, let's, let's talk sports. Let's try that again. Let's do college football. What's going on in college football, man? All right, John. Let's talk sports here. So uh, yeah. you're having to change our timestamps and everything. Um, Look what yep, I've done to you. It's fine.
0: We're a little out of practice here. Um, so yeah, um, in the time since we've recorded, uh, Nick Saban retired.
1: Why? Why did Nick Saban retire? I think. I mean, he's old. How old though? How old is Nick? Seventy-two. Okay. Is 72, he older? Seventy-three. Older than Bill Belichick? Younger? Are they about the same age? I think he's a
0: little older than Belichick.
1: Really? I think. Hmm. I think they're pretty comparable, probably. Okay. Why? Why did he retire? Other than age has taken him, or you know, you know, why? Why?
0: I think he just got. I mean college football has changed dramatically over the last three years with name image likeness stuff
1: and transfer portal stuff and um that's kind of what i heard i heard it was name image likeness that he was just yeah i mean i think you know at at his level of success
0: you know he's won what is is it seven national titles something like that is eight really going to – is the eighth one really going to do anything different for them than seven did? Yeah, Like no, it's not. Um, so that uh, – what's interesting is that triggers a rule in college football now that when your head coach leaves, that the players in that program then have 30 days, a 30-day
1: window if they want to transfer out and a ton did, right? I mean, a, a, they have
0: lost several. Yes, including uh they've lost two to Ohio State. Um one of them is their terrific uh freshman safety. Okay. Caleb Downs who um just a fantastic talent. So that's a huge pickup for Ohio State. And then a five-star quarterback who was enrolling in, in at at Alabama this term. So he's an incoming freshman, enrolling mm-hmm. early. And when Saban decided to leave, he also transferred to Ohio State. Okay. Do you think he starts for you this year? No. No. Okay. Ohio State has been active in the transfer portal. They got um, the quarterback from Kansas State, Will Howard, mm. who's, I'd say, pretty good. Better than- An upgrade? I think it's an upgrade. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Ohio State's got another- True freshman quarterback coming in that they were very high on, so it's going to be a very competitive quarterback room. Okay, and they also picked up, uh, in some ways, just as big. I think they had a total of nine, nine or t- nine or ten guys who were eligible to leave for the NFL draft.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Most of these guys being basically juniors, guys who had, you know, could leave, but. Had, had had more years of eligibility left. Eight out of the 10 of them decided to come back. Really? Yes. Hmm. So uh, most on defense. Interesting. So the defense next year will be absolutely loaded. It was a top five unit this year. Hmm. Um, and they have almost everybody back. And they've added um, a couple of great pieces through the transfer portal. So they're in great shape defensively. Hmm. So uh, yeah, Ohio State has been uh, doing well in that realm in terms of recruiting, transfer, et cetera. Um, and let's see. So the Alabama coaching opening was filled by the guy who coached at Washington. Yep. So it's all these sort of domino effects. Oh, yeah. Um, that's going on there. But um, it'll be interesting. So a lot going on there. Um, and then let's get to the NFL. Okay. Uh, this past weekend was the divisional round. And what stood out to you from the divisional round of playoffs? I thought Lamar Jackson
1: played really, really well. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had a great game. Um, We didn't get a chance to talk about Jordan Love. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seems to have had something of a coming out party. Uh, And Dallas lost on the opening weekend, which made my heart smile (laughs) uh, a bit. Okay, Um, But yeah, yeah, I think – Jordan Love's performance, Josh Allen failing again uh, to to beat Kansas City seems to stick out. Yep. And, Uh, I
0: mean, that game was yesterday. We're recording on a Monday, as we usually do. Uh, What stood out to me in that Bills-Chiefs game, though, is that last drive. Um, They had a second and nine. Um, And Josh Allen had Stephon Diggs... Wide open underneath. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody within seven yards of Stefan Diggs. He's easily going to make a first down, probably get a little bit more yardage. Instead, he throws a low risk, or sorry, a high risk pass into the end zone that doesn't get completed, makes it third and nine. And then, same thing essentially happens on third down. He's got an underneath guy that he could throw it to and probably get the first down. Instead, he throws a low percentage pass down the field, incomplete. And now you've got a 40, was it 45-yard, 44-yard field goal? Oh, yeah. He pushed it. In the wind, um, by no means a guarantee. So uh, you can blame the, you know, you can try to blame the kicker all you want, but it's not his fault. Like, the Bills had their chances.
1: No, and there was a pretty terrible fake punt uh, that happened early in the fourth quarter. Yes. Uh, Now, I will say... They got lucky on the McCole hardman uh, fumble at the goal line. I think that was a coin toss as to whether it was actually a fumble. I do think it was a fumble at the end of the day. I do too. Uh, And I will mention that the Jets traded him to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And Jets' Twitter (laughs) was blowing up about how good of a trade that was in that specific moment. Um, But yeah, I just just think there were a number of missed opportunities uh, by the Bills and some poor decision-making on Josh Allen's part. Yeah, for sure. A good competitive game. The bottom line is, and this is true all season,
0: the Bills were their own worst enemy. Yep, They turned the ball over a lot. They made a lot of mistakes. If they could actually clean up those mistakes, I think they'd be the best team in
1: football. Yeah. But they give it away so much that, uh, yeah. Uh, another person from the weekend or from, I guess, the past two weekends since we missed recording last week, Baker Mayfield. Yeah had a couple of good games he did looked looked really good he did though he threw the game ending pick against mm-hmm.
0: the lions um but yeah he's played well i mean there's a sense in which the uh i mean the lions are arguably the best story in the playoffs right absolutely yeah
1: i mean it was the it was i think the Texans were giving them a run for their money with the rookie quarterback yeah uh, but c j got, Stroud but uh they got beat. They got beat pretty soundly by the Ravens. And, you
0: know, in fairness, CJ played okay. He's never had time to throw the ball. That yeah. offensive line was just getting run through. Yep. But um, obviously people who've listened to the podcast know where my sports loyalties lie. But uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Lions because they've been such a hard luck team for
1: so many years. Yes. Uh, they have won more playoff games in the past two weekends, than I think my entire life. Yeah, that's probably right. I'm born in '88. I don't think they had won a playoff game since '91. Yeah, something like that. It's it's some
0: ridiculous stat like
1: that. Yeah. Um. I mean, Dan Campbell's does an amazing job of turning that
0: that team around. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about. Uh, in you know in sports about building a culture. Well, he's clearly built a culture there. Absolutely. That has transformed that locker room. And uh yeah, just impressive. Um and even when you hear him talk, you think I get why guys want to play for him. Mm-hmm. Like he, he communicates in a way that um that that is compelling and I think um yeah, I mean I I I am pulling for them of of the four teams left. Lions and Niners, Ravens and Chiefs, I'm pulling most for the Lions out of that group.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I'm pulling for the Lions. Having said that, who do you think plays in the Super Bowl? Um, mm, that's a good question. Uh, I do think the Lions beat the 49ers. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do think that happens. There's. Do you hear gospel music all of a sudden? <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. Just want to double check. Maybe our <laughs> listeners hear it. Maybe they don't. It's probably too um, faint for them. But but the, uh, the
0: worship arts program is uh, bo- located below us. Yeah.
1: And, By the way, we're in the studio. We're in the vault studio that has no heating vents. Yeah. And uh, you know we're we're lunch pail guys in the studio when it's January <laughs> February because it vents. is cold. It is cold in here. Um. Yes. But uh, but I, I like the lines. I think the the Niners have been have have shown some weaknesses this year mm-hmm. and i think uh i think the lions could beat them i i really do yeah i'm just not sold that the uh that the
0: defense for the lions is good enough yeah um cuz the the 49ers are just so good offensively mm-hmm.
1: um, that's really coming that's through really now really coming
0: through now um <laughs> but i think uh yeah it's I think they are uh I'm not sure they're good enough defensively to stop the 49ers but I'm not sold on Brock Purdy. Like I think he's solid but not yeah. You know, I I think for example like you,
1: you I think there's a lot of quarterbacks you could plug into where he is. Oh yeah. and they would do just fine, if not better. Um and then on the other side, Ravens Chiefs. Ravens Chiefs. I'm probably rooting for the Ravens to get in there. Okay. Uh, Yeah. As much as the NFL wants the Chiefs to get in and have Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. See, this is where I'm conflicted because I don't like the Ravens. (laughs) But oh
0: my word, I am so sick of the Taylor Swift stuff connected with the Chiefs. Just absolutely sick. I was entertained by – Travis Kelsey's brother at the game, oh, shirtless, yeah. chugging beers in the freezing cold. Yep. Um, that was funny to me. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I am so done with after every play that Travis Kelsey makes, here's the obligatory
1: shot of, of Taylor Swift in the box. Yeah. And I say that as a guy, I hope they find true love. Like, <laughs> like, like I hope they end up together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really think the relationship's great. Go for it. Oh sh- sure. I heard they were looking at engagement rings. Yeah. Um. Uh, we'll we'll see. I yeah.
0: Bully for them, I guess. In the words of Ron Swanson, "Bully for them."
1: And I hope that. But enough cutting to her every single. I know. It's, every single play. It is. over. Or every time. Every time
0: Travis Kelsey makes some sort of play, it's up. Oh, there's the shot of her and uh, Mahomes' wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, We get it. We get it. We get it. Um, Anything else in the world of sports? We probably should move on here. Well,
1: uh, Belichick moved on.
0: Yes. Now, as of recording, he's not been
1: hired anywhere else. Mm -hmm. He's interviewed for the Falcons job. Has he interviewed anywhere else? Not that I'm aware of. I imagine uh, Jerry Jones checked in on him before uh, saying Mike McCarthy was coming back. And do you think that Belichick was like, I don't want all the drama that comes with Jerry Jones? I, I think Belichick wants to be GM and coach, like he had in New England. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Jerry's given up GM. Yeah, that's probably true. Um so I think that's part of it. I think the most natural landing spot for him is Atlanta. So. Hmm. Um it sounds like it sounds like everybody feels all of a sudden like Atlanta's a quarterback away from being a great team. Are they though? That's Yeah, that was surprising to me to hear everybody say that. Uh, So what pick do they have this year in the draft? Probably 8 to 10, maybe 15. So they're going to have to move up to get somebody, I think. Somebody really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then in addition, Mike Vrabel uh, was let go. Yeah. Pete Carroll was let go. Though didn't he move up in the
0: organization into some sort of – Office there was chatter
1: of him being a head coach of another team still. Okay. So He's, he's also like 72, 73 in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Although he's a great he's, – he's a very energetic 72. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. You know, where Belichick and Saban look a little bit more – like they wear the stress on their shoulders yes. a bit more. Yes, that's for sure. Pete Carroll looks like he's just uh, – Hopping and skipping through life, you know? Yeah. He's just happy to be here. Yeah. And I feel like somebody else has let go. Um, Vrabel was a surprise. That was a to bit me. of a surprise. Yeah. Um, who else? Well, I'm not sure. Well, you know who's interviewing for jobs? James Harbaugh. Yeah. So it sounds like he's doing a second interview today with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's going to be his landing spot. Probably. Probably. But.
0: Yeah. Which, side note, did you see that he appeared at the March for Life this past week? I did see that. I saw a headline about it. Yeah. Sure did. So apart from all of my dislike of his football program. We know you hate pleats. <laughs> <laughs> we know you hate pleats I, and pants. I, I I do appreciate his, um, his pro-life uh, support. Yeah.
1: And that he's very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. So there
0: you go. See, I said something nice about Jim
1: Harbaugh. Yeah, well, uh, on his way out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't let the door hit you, Jim. Yeah.
1: All right, now we really need to move on. Gosh, yes. All
0: right, so our topic for today is purity culture. So, John, why are we talking about this? Besides the fact that we need content,
1: um, I, I, this purity culture pops up in. Uh, Twitter and other areas of uh, Christian thought and discussion from time to time as – and I think it's something that's mostly died at this point. But uh, particularly when I was growing up, there was a lot to be said about purity culture.
0: I think there's still probably pockets of it.
1: Um, it's far less
0: common than mm-hmm. I think it used to be. But we should probably define terms here. Um, I, I think – you know purity culture broadly speaking is a way of talking about um certain ways for uh discussing sexual purity within uh particularly within the church context uh and so it has it has a lot of moving parts of this discussion um so you know you you had things like um you know people could look at the uh some of the abstinence campaigns um as well as you know things like getting a purity ring and wearing it as a symbol of I'm saving myself for marriage
1: yeah, I'm trying to remember some of the campaigns uh silver ring thing I feel like was one of them yeah it could have been true love weights, true love weights that was the big one I think um, yeah. uh, there was a handful of others, but yeah. they would they would basically take their show and go to different. Churches around yeah. the country and yeah, talk about this. Yep, and uh,
0: this whole area uh, of discussion basically um, has come under fire from at least some because realistically, if you if you look at the phrase purity culture, it's almost always used in a negative context mm-hmm.
1: that it's a bad thing. Would did you ever go to one of these events? No. I don't think I did either.
0: Now, I think my church growing up did use some of the – maybe some of like the curriculum or some of the materials that were available through these. Yeah. Um, and so uh, – yeah. I, I mean I think the perception seems to be that in, in, in this context, purity culture refers to the – again, the approach of talking about um, – Sexuality within the church, specifically towards youth, so Teen- teenagers, teenagers, yep. teenagers, yes, and encouraging them to uh, avoid sexual activity until they are married. Mm-hmm. Which you know, on the one hand, you think, well, yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think the Bible's pretty clear about that. Um, the challenge is that people have pushed back and said, "Yeah, but some of the ways that that was talked about were unhelpful." Yeah um i think in particular that some of the ways that that sexual purity was talked about made it seem like um uh you know for example uh sometimes it would be taught in certain ways it's like to 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 girls well if you're not pure nobody's going to want you
1: yeah yeah so if 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 you've messed up in this area no guy's going to want you. There there's the famous thing, uh the famous illustration by Matt Chandler where he says he's at one of these rallies and this guy goes up there with a rose and says pass it around, pass it around. Um touch it, feel it, you know, and talks about sexual purity being this and put this guy pulls the rose and you know it's bent, cracked. Mm-hmm. Who would want this is what the 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 preacher says. Yes. Which then um, leads to the classic Matt Chandler line. Yeah. Uh, Jesus wants the
0: rose. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus wants the rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I do think I do think there are legitimate criticisms of the way that um, sexuality was talked about uh, in the church. I, I do think there are legitimate criticisms of that. Mm-hmm. I do think that when you talk about purity in a certain way and make comments like "if you're not pure, nobody's going to want you." It seems to me like you're undermining the uh, the, the the notion of grace mm-hmm. and
1: forgiveness for those who turn away from their sin and repent. Yeah. Um, Which is Matt Chandler's criticism, right? Ult- ultimately, of uh, purity culture.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I also think you know another element of, of purity culture that uh, was unhelpful was this. Uh, way of talking about sexuality that um, was uh, basically if you abstain from it, when you actually do get married, that area of your life is going to be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And so don't settle for the cheap imitation. Wait for this great experience once you're married. Yeah. And – um You know, I think that probably set up a lot of young men and women for difficulties. Yeah, because there is no guarantee that that area in a in a marriage is going to be easy or spectacular. Mm -hmm. It comes with its own set of challenges and um, difficulties.
1: Let me ask you this, and I'm going off script here. Go for it. I I apologize. It's your your pod too. What do you think were the circumstances that led to somebody going, like, boy, you know what we need? We need a big bus tour where we bring an awesome (laughs) band, hand out silver rings to people, and tell people not to have sex for the marriage. Like, what are the circumstances, Mm -hmm. culturally speaking, that led to something like that? Well, I think because I have some ideas, obviously. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think just the growing sexual permissiveness within culture in general, Mm -hmm. uh, both. Uh, just um, in the culture as a whole, but then even in in, in media in terms of films and, and TV shows and that sort of thing. I think that was a big piece of it. I also think as the 80s unfolded, there was also the uh, AIDS epidemic mm. and the rise of, of STDs. Yeah. And so there was even sort of a kind of a health component to it of, look – not only is it good from a biblical perspective to avoid this, just from a potentially scary health end of things, you could get AIDS or some other STD, uh, or you could end up with uh, an unwanted pregnancy.
1: yeah you know so I, I do think there were legitimate
0: you know concerns
1: yeah, sexual revolution mm-hmm. would would be baked in a little bit to what you're saying yeah. there, um, rising in teen pregnancy as well, mm-hmm. and sure um. Yeah, and, and then I, I think I, I don't know when these necessarily started, but my 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 guess would be late '80s, early '90s would be when some of these things got going.
0: Yeah, I think it, in the '80s themselves, yeah, but ramping up towards the end of the '80s into the early '90s. And
1: yeah. we had a we had a uh, a president who mm-hmm. um, had some extracurricular activities. Yes, uh, <laughs> had an inappropriate
0: relationship.
1: There we go with. Uh, a young woman, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think I think all those things really sure added fuel to the fire of, yeah. of this sort of what well, what you and I would call a biblical point of view of sexuality, right? Yes, in the sense of sex is reserved
0: for a marriage relationship between a husband and a wife. That mm-hmm. that is the only biblically permitted uh, context for sexual expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as long as we're talking about that, uh, yes, absolutely. Now, of course, there were other um, you know, things that get added on to that, right, um, that, that can be unhelpful. And, and here's arguably – I, I want to make this pivot in one sense. I do think that some of the criticism of purity culture is uh, identifying real things, real flaws – with how sexuality was talked about in the church. I do think that's true. Mm -hmm. However, I also see a lot of the critics of purity culture uh, seem to be also critical of a biblical sexual ethic itself. Sure. That it's not just – well, no. They got got the basic idea right. They just went about it the wrong way. It's, well, we need to rethink the whole biblical sexual ethic of reserving – Sexuality for a marriage relationship between a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. and so to me, that's part of what makes hearing some of the criticism of purity culture, um, you know, a little ironic in one sense. Of you, you want to throw out everything, basically, uh, even though you've correctly identified some some wrong approaches. Ultimately, it seems to me like, for some of them, at least, their their ultimate issue is not. The way it was done, it was just that they were opposed to a biblical sexual ethic to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's my turn to put you on the spot. What are some more helpful ways that in the church, especially with youth but even just more holistically to the congregation, what are some more helpful ways that we can talk about the area of sexuality that avoids some of those uh, missteps – and yet, in no way compromises a biblical vision of sexuality. I—I
1: I mean, gosh, I have so many thoughts swirling around in my head right now. <laughs> just pick one. I—I um, I think speaking of a positive vision of sex in marriage is—is is a you, you know, and not just like it's going to be great, or mm-hmm. you know, giving giving. Um, well false hope like that, but, yeah. but giving like hey this is this is uh an opportunity for you to uh express love with your spouse and as uh, as my boy Tim keller says to 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 ultimately build community <laughs> yeah uh, that this is about building a community, building a family and building mm-hmm. a larger network um and uh yeah yeah, it's sort sort of giving that big picture vision mm-hmm. um you know like i mean. I can think back to probably the closest thing I came to purity culture was uh, uh, was uh, Christian high school mm-hmm. uh, sex education. Okay. In like let's call it like ninety eight, ninety nine. So we're talking okay. like right in the 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 sweet spot. Yeah. Um, and I just remember like we stepped into sex education and it was hey here's a bunch of pictured of STD genitalia. Oh no. Get, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Wait till you're married and this won't happen to you, you yeah. know? And, yeah. uh, yeah. And, uh, y- you, know, I, I think there's something about that. That's just nakedly pragmatic mm-hmm. and ultimately unhelpful. Like, yeah. And you know what? I was 13, 14 years, however old I was. And, uh, I just I just don't remember a whole lot of gospel in there I don't remember yeah. a whole lot of grace I don't yeah. remember a whole lot of um discussion of that I remember gosh I remember the guy coming in and talking to us about condoms and how they don't work uh you you know mm-hmm. i so yeah i I think giving a full picture of God's glorious plan for sex in mm-hmm. marriage yeah. and how it benefits the family benefits. Uh, mm-hmm. the couple benefits the community um I, I think talking through that's gonna be yeah gonna be best ultimately,
0: yeah I think too um I just remember um, I think it's really hard to go so you think about this if all your approach to talking about sexuality in the in the church with youth uh is basically. Don't 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 don't. That's a tough transition to go from that to. Okay, now you're married. Go for it. <laughs> do, 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 do 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 do. Yeah, like <laughs> like seriously. If 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 yeah. you if you've been immersed in a culture or in a context where the all all of the associations with with sex are negative mm-hmm. for the consequences and all that sort of stuff. If there's never any sort of positive vision for the goodness of this within the right context, then I think that's a really hard transition to go from being you know having it drilled into your head, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and then suddenly flip a switch yeah. on the wedding night and beyond, and it's okay, now do that. Like I, I do think that that's that's a hard transition for a lot of young married couples to go from that just been beaten in their head about can't do that, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. Now it's okay. (laughs) Like that that's a quick turnaround kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So I think that, you know, even just some of the ways that we talk about that area need it needs to be it needs to be a more holistic picture um of of what the Bible says about that, along with the consistent message of there is grace and forgiveness for those who have who have sinned in this way, mm-hmm. and that um, that that's part of the beauty of the gospel.
1: Yeah, and just uh, maybe this is a clearer version of the point I already made, but like when 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 you have a pragmatic goal, like. Get kids to stop having sex you're going the gospel is going to lose out in that in that uh narrative
0: right and you're you're almost certainly not going to accomplish heart level transformation mm-hmm. heart level um grasp of the goodness of god's ways yeah um and the and the beauty of forgiveness for those who have Sinned in that area, yeah. Um, I, I just think that that gets lost mm-hmm. if you if you don't do it that way. So,
1: anything else on that, John? Nope. Let's press have, on. Have we avoided, get, avoided getting fired? I think so. I don't know what we would have said. that I don't know. Would have gotten us fired. I don't know. Today we're
0: out, we're out of practice, so I just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Time for
1: this day in sports history. Uh, this day in sports history, January twenty third. 23rd of January. Yours almost a 12th over. Um, 1958, Pakistani cricket batsman Hanif Muhammad scores uh, a record 337 runs in 970 minutes in draw first test v-, v West Indies at Bridgetown. Longest innings in test history. Okay. What a game.
0: I mean, it's been a hot minute
1: since we've had a cricket uh, reference in here too. I know. Yes, and I think I got about half that sentence before. <laughs> I just felt like I was uttering gibberish. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 1983, Mud Bowl. Miami Dolphins beat the New York Jets 14-0 to in the AFC Championship game on a wet, muddy field, which negated the Jets' significant speed and skill advantage. I'm uh, pretty but, sure that game was played in Miami. I'm sure. I, I, at at I, I, the Orange Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I believe that would have been Dan Marito, uh, his second year as a pro. Uh, yes. And I think his only Super Bowl that he went to. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, was that the fake spike game? No, that came later. That came later? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe Neil O'Donnell, uh, was the quarterback of the Jets.
0: Back then? Well, I don't know.
1: Maybe. He was in the, was in the same draft as, uh. As uh, Dan Marino Was he? Yes, he was. Uh, Also in 1983, tennis great Bjorn Borg announces his retirement at 26. He won five Wimbledon championships and six French Open titles. He was great. He was terrific. Uh, Who did did he play tennis against that was upset that he retired? Was it Johnny Mac? Probably. Okay. Uh, 1998, Michael Jordan scores... In the double figures for the 800th consecutive game in a 198 overtime win uh, in New Jersey, uh, adding 40 more double figure scoring games to his NBA record before retiring for the second time in 98. Yeah, what a guy. He could score. Uh 2015 Golden State Guard Clay Thompson scores the most NBA points in a quarter, 37 and most three-pointers in a quarter, nine in a Warriors 126 101 win over Sacramento. Hmm. Clay Thompson has some pretty impressive games. He does. He gets overshadowed by Stephanie a lot,
0: but um yeah, I I mean well, don't, I think don't, don't forget Draymond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh I mean he might be the best shooter.
0: Curry is more consistently um performing in terms of scoring mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But Clay Thompson will have these bursts where he's just unreal.
1: Yeah. Uh let's see. Twenty twenty two, just two short years ago, Buffalo wide receiver uh Gabe Davis scores an NFL playoff record four touchdowns in the Bills epic. 42-36 overtime loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in their divisional round playoff at Arrowhead. Yeah. Wow. Feels, feels, feels like we just watched that. I you know. know? Yeah, <laughs> not
0: overtime. But, um, yeah, I mean, as much as I'm not the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan, it is remarkable. Every year he's been a starter, he's been in the AFC Championship game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I— six straight. That's incredible. I, I read that an AFC championship game has not happened since 2009 without Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, or Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Isn't that impressive without any of those three guys? Yeah. Well,
0: which one of these is not like the other?
1: He, he went to multiple AFC championship games.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. A Mark Sanchez reference. Oh, my.
1: Sanchez. Sanchez. That's right. That's
0: right. All right, John. Well, I know which one you don't like, so I suppose we can get rid of the mud bowl.
1: Yes, we can get rid of bad memories. Yes. Um, Um,
0: I'm guessing you're getting rid of our cricket batsman, uh, Hanif Mohammed.
1: Yes, yes. I'm very pro Christian, and so anything named Mohammed, I'm not. Uh, So um, I'm probably Bjorn Borg. If I was going to make a choice, okay, I can go with that. I like okay. Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg. Oh, great. I name. expect the umla on the uh, on the title of the episode. Uh, I, I, if
0: it is within my power to make that happen, <laughs> I will. I will. I love a good umla. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. One thing you liked. Uh, I started a new podcast. It's two episodes deep. We'll see how it pans out. So far, it's interesting. It's something that I don't know a ton about. Mostly because it happened when I was an emerging teenager. Uh, But uh, it's called The Raven. And it's investigative around the Ray Lewis uh, murder that happened in like 2000, 2001, somewhere in that ballpark.
0: Okay. Is that on Netflix?
1: No, no. It's a podcast. Oh, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. The Raven. Because I just did – did
0: I listen to that? I feel like I've listened to that. How how new is that?
1: There are only two episodes. Oh, okay.
0: Then I've listened to something else on the Ray Lewis uh, murder trial. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a fascinating story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it just sounds like there's a lot of conflicting reports. There's there's some reports that Ray Lewis was in the car and his limo mm-hmm. and wasn't involved. And then there's some where he's trying to break it up and there's some where he's an aggressor. And, yeah. um, it's just interesting to see. Uh, also, I didn't realize that happened in Buckhead, Atlanta, hmm. uh, where our chaplain Brent and I had a group of students. Nice. Uh, a few years ago. Nice. Uh, for a week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you probably weren't out hitting the clubs, though. No, 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 no. And, you know, probably not out at, when did that take place? Like midnight, 1 a.m. kind of thing? It was like. It was like
1: four in the morning. Okay. Four in the morning. Even later. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yep. We had a curfew on our students. So they were back by, I think, midnight. Nice. So oppressive. Yep.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, my time up in Grand Rapids uh, recording some video content for my next book that's coming out. That felt aggressive. Well, (laughs) just returning fire. Um, So, yeah, my next book will come out this fall. It's tentatively titled How to Study the Bible. Uh, seven hermeneutical – how to study the Bible's use of the Bible, seven hermeneutical choices uh, for Scripture's use of Scripture. Uh, and so my co-author and I were up in Grand Rapids uh, recording some video lecture content in association with that at a lovely Airbnb. Nice. It was beautiful. Um, so weather was not great, but it was still picturesque with all the snow. Nice. And uh, they fed us very well. Really? Yeah. What did you eat? Uh, well, I think my favorite was we went out to a place called Railtown. Okay. It's a um, it's a brewery slash restaurant. Mm. And uh, I had these uh, tacos that were shaved ribeye steak mm. <sighs> and some terrific pico de gallo.
1: Mm. Mm. That sounds delicious. Delightful. Love tomato and onion mixed together. Delightful delightful.
0: So that is my one thing I liked. Nice. All right, John, we've talked about our upcoming live episode. The next one that will drop will be the live episode. That's right. We have talked about uh, college and pro football. We have talked about purity culture. We have talked about Bjorn Borg. We have talked about a new podcast that John has started with uh, started listening to Called Raven? The Raven. The Raven. Not to be confused with the Edgar Allan Poe. That's right. Okay. Right. They
1: never say never more.
0: Yeah. And uh, we have talked about my time in Grand Rapids filming content. There we go. For my next book. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. So all that's left to say is until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later.